Welcome to Lockhead on Marketing, where we're trying the world's first marketing pod storm. 30 days of strategies and ideas to help you create the future of your choosing. Hey ho, let's go. Thanks for pressing play. I sure am glad you are here and uh, hope you're enjoying the pod storm. And as a part of our commitment to public service during this crazy time, during the pod storm, we're doing a live Q&A session uh, on our Facebook page, Fridays at 1130 Pacific time. What you're about to hear is us answering those questions, uh, your live questions, as well as uh, email questions you can send us to blackhole at lockhead.com. So if you want a question answered about how to do legendary marketing, send it to blackhole at lockhead.com and we'll do our best to uh, get to your question. On this episode, joining me is our producer, the legendary Jason DeFilippo. And uh, we thought it'd be fun for these Q&A sessions uh, to bring Jason on because uh, he's the geek and I'm the marketing guy. And as you know, uh, most marketing guys and most uh, engineering type guys don't get along, but we get along famously. And uh, we thought it'd be fun to do this together. Uh, so on this episode, we answer your questions about taglines, how to launch a new category, and much more. Uh, our friends at Oracle NetSuite want to help you in this time of crisis with a free guide called The Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now. Go to netsuite.com slash different to get your free guide and schedule a free product tour of NetSuite now. That's netsuite.com slash different. And our friends at Splunk want to help you turn data into doing. Visit splunk.com slash D2E at splunk.com slash D, the number two and the letter E. Now, your questions and our slightly sober answers. Hey ho, let's go. All right. What else do we have in the old mailbag? All right. Helen B says, how long should a lightning strike last? <laughs> uh, I love this question. Um, you know, because some people say to me, well, um, you know, hey, man, we're working on our lightning strike and um, uh, we think it, we think it's going to take place over about, uh, you know, six months. I'm like, well, um, <laughs> if it's six months, it's not a lightning strike. Yeah. <laughs> And so uh, I think th the answer is anywhere from a day to a week. I think if it's more than a week, it's probably not a, a, a real lightning strike. Um, and so I think you really want to get it focused. And, the, and the, sort of the, the key tenets of a lightning strike are maximum impact in minimum time. And it's predicated on the premise that you can't peanut butter your marketing, right? So what happens is most people spread their marketing somewhat equally across the calendar if there's multiple product lines or this and that. And 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 I love this expression, um, you either rise above the noise or you're part of the noise. And so if you peanut butter too much of your marketing, you're going to fall into the noise. It's just, it's just, it's just what happens, particularly today. And so what you're doing with a strike is you're trying to stand out and you're trying to be undeniable to your target audience when you strike. And look, there's some companies that can afford to do things a little bit longer, maybe two weeks at the outset. But for the most part, a strike is centered around a few days to about a week. Have you ever done a lightning strike for grumpy old geeks? Not really. No, no. I need to hire you to come in and help us help us out with that one. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I, I, I got a deal for you on that one. <laughs> My friend Eddie says you should have two prices. You should have extremely expensive 
and free. <laughs> All right. We'll take the latter. We'll take the free version. <laughs> you get the free option. All right. Our next question comes from Alice G. How do we come up with a tagline? Oh, I love this question. So Nike, of course, has the most famous tagline in the world. Uh, I don't have to tell you what it is. You know it. We all know it. It's on zillions of t-shirts and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And after Nike did that, uh, which I believe is is more than 20 years old, maybe even be 30 now, every company in the world said, oh, we need a tagline. And the vast majority of taglines are complete bullshit. <laughs> and the reason they're bullshit is they're mean, there's some meaningless thing. And most importantly, they do not tie often to the brand, but even worse, the category and legendary taglines are representative of a point of view centered around the category. Um, and I'm, I'm going to embarrass you if I can. No, oh, I think be my guest. <laughs> That's why I'm here. It's what you pay me for. I think that um, you and, and Brian with Grumpy Old Geeks might have the most legendary tagline in podcast history. Okay. So, oh, hey, play <laughs> a little of the Grumpy Old Geeks music. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. That's a legendary tagline. So can you repeat it in case people uh, didn't catch it? What went wrong on the internet and who's to blame? That's legendary, right? Because what, what's going on with that? It is descriptive of the product, right? It's deeply tied to the product and it's both grumpy and funny at the same time, which is what the show is, right? And so... Um, what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame is a legendary tagline because it represents the POV of the product. So when you hear a product called grumpy old geeks, and then you hear a tagline, what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame, you know what the fuck's coming on the podcast, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And the interesting thing about that is we came up, well, I came up with the tagline first and then Brian came up with the title of the show. So I'm like, because when I, I went to him and I'm like, I need a I need a podcast host. I want to start a podcast. Our four hour epic rant at the bar are something that uh, you know we would just go have beers and a sandwich. And I'm like, okay, you're my guy. You know, I've known him for a very long time. And then I'm like, okay, what's the show going to be about? And then I came up with that. And then we went from the tagline to the product, and then the branding on the product, and moved from there. So we kind of went backwards, I think, on our tagline. That's interesting because, and your tagline, like many legendary taglines, is actually a point of view. And so you had the centering true a point of view when it's a real point of view is a true north. And so you had a centering true north for what you wanted to do with the podcast. Mm -hmm. And you expressed that POV in the tagline. And then interestingly enough, that informed the brand, um, which is proof, proof positive, in my opinion, um, that natural intuitive category designers think that way because the category is about the customer and the brand is about us or our product or our, in this case, our podcast. And so the tagline, and I'm going to use this word very much on purpose, differentiates 
the product. It makes you unique in a way that stands out. And so if you're building a tagline, centering it on a point of view that is an expression of um, um, sort of the differentiation you're trying to achieve in the market. So like in the software business, one of the greatest taglines of all time, of course, is Mark Benioff at Salesforce.com, no software. Mm-hmm. And they had, a, they had a bug for it, right? Those words with a red circle and line through it, I'm sure you remember. And that was a provocative point of view that was also creating a category that got in the beginning was called, um, uh, I think in the beginning it was just called software as a service. And then of course it became cloud. But um, so a legendary tagline is really grounded in a differentiating point of view. And I'll go a step further. A legendary tagline forces choice, not comparison. So, a lot of marketers fall into the mistake of driving a comparison. And you see this on every local television ad for a car dealer. Come on down this weekend. And we got red ones and green ones and we won't be undersold. And we got the best service. And they're barking all this stupidity <laughs> at you. None of which is differentiating at all. And so what they're forced to compete on is comparison around price. Primarily, of course, mm-hmm and service and uh, to some degree, right? And so they're all interchangeable. They're all indistinguishable. And that's why they're transaction businesses, not relationship businesses. Companies that are highly differentiated don't speak that way. They speak in a point of view that is very differentiating, that is very different. And most importantly, they're not trying to force a comparison. They're trying to force a choice. When you declare the podcast's tagline and name, it's a very clear choice. People are going to be attracted to that or they're going to be repelled from it. It's not, it's hard to be (laughs) indifferent to it. A lot of people are repelled by it, trust me. (laughs) But the people that like it, like it. And speaking on differentiation, that's exactly what we were trying to do. The you know the market at that time when we started out, uh, Twit this week in tech was the the big dog. You know, like how can we be different from Twit? Well, when you listen to Twit, they're talking about how great technology is all the time. This is fantastic. This is the new uh, what you call it in the who's a bobber and you know the dubaflachi. And we're like, well, that sucks. That sucks. That's not going to work. And you know we just always pull out the BS. And they're all family friendly. So we want to just flip it on its head and say, okay, this is what's wrong with technology. And we're going to talk to adults like adults. And that was how we differentiated ourselves in the tech podcast space. That's what we were really trying to go for was a complete, you know, just kind of game change on what was out there at that time, because nobody was out there doing what we were doing when we started it. Well, and that's what a legendary tagline does. All right, Jace, do we have anything else in the question bag that we uh, still have time to get to? Yes, we do. Brittany H. writes, when is a good time to launch a new category? Ah, that's sort of like asking the question, when's a good time to go fishing? So, uh, look, I think it would be silly not to acknowledge the importance of timing and to some degree the importance of luck. I remember uh, we've had Eric Yuan, the founder of Zoom, on a couple times and uh, on Follow Your Different. And I, I can't remember which time it was, but at one in one of our visits, he said, 
that the timing for Zoom was sort of plus or minus perfect, right? The cloud had got to a place where um, it had achieved a high level of critical mass and acceptance. Uh, same thing with mobile. And so the world was ready for a mobile cloud-first communication alternative to to the the stuff that had been built pre that. And as you might remember, he was the head of engineering at WebEx. So he was, you know, he understood generation one of that technology very well. And at WebEx, he identified the fact that because of mobile and because of the cloud, there was a, a way to kind of really reimagine this thing and, and, and move the category forward. And when they didn't let him do that at WebEx, uh, he said, all right, well, I'm out of here. I'm going to do it on my own. But my point is he stressed the importance of the timing that had he been a whole lot earlier, it might not have worked. And had he been later, somebody else probably would have got there. So I think, I think it is worthy of taking note. What are the mega trends around me that I think I can take advantage of to build this new category? And uh, before I get to the next part, I want to ask you, Jason, I mean, you, you've been involved on the engineering side with a number of, of these. And uh, I don't know, kick me under the table if you don't want to talk about it. But the other day, you, were ta- you and I were talking about the difference between Dig and, and Reddit and why Reddit succeeded at a scale that Dig never did. Do you want to talk maybe a little bit about things like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, on, Dig had a lot of different issues with their... They were early to the game, and they kind of defined the space on what it was like to have crowdsourced headlines. And the problem that they had were algorithmic problems because nobody had ever done these types of problems before. And then when Reddit came along, they saw all the problems that they had there. And then eventually when Dig finally was – they were down on the ground like saying, oh, somebody kicked me in the knee. They just came in and stole their lunch and ran out the back door. Uh so they were at the right place at the right time because Dig was Dig was having problems and they came in with a simpler solution, which I still can't quite comprehend, but uh, I guess I'm too old, and and just stole all their users, stole all the power users and said, hey, you know, Dig's not treating you right. Come on over here. And at that point, Dig had been through beaten down so many times and had so many failures with their algorithms and people gaming the system that it was just the right time for Reddit to come in and say, hey, we're just we're, we're going to take over now. And they never Dig never recovered from it. Yeah. And so I think there's an element of timing that is really important in this. However, a big part of what category design is about is making it your time. And um, it's about moving the world from a current sort of set of thinking, particularly around a problem or an opportunity, to your way of thinking around that problem or opportunity. And if you do that effectively, you can, and the distinction here is, uh, go go from capturing uh, demand to creating demand. Ultimately, that's what we're trying to do with category design. So I think awareness of the sort of environment and mega trends that may affect you um, really matter. Uh, you know, if you look at Zoom, uh, if you look at our friends at Squadcast, they could have never planned for this kind of level of growth. Zoom went from 10 million last year to 300 million now. It's probably over that even more. And Mike Maples on a recent episode of Fall Year Different was talking about how indiscriminate this, this recession has been that he, I think he used the term hand of God that, you know, some companies, have, if you take Zoom as one example and Airbnb is another example, 
through no fault of their own on either side, one company has been massively advantaged and one company has been crushed, right? Um, and so um, th- there's an element of, of the dynamics that matter. But that all that said, category design is about making it your time. And if you have a provocative and engaging point of view, um, it, and you're particularly able to evangelize the problem or the opportunity in a way that gets that problem or opportunity to, to tip, to get people's attention, um, then uh, it's sort of always a good time. So if you're, if you're aware of the me- meta trends, you're trying to be sensitive to your timing and you think the timing feels right, and you're using the techniques of, of, of uh, particularly cat- category and point of view marketing, you can aid, if you will, in making it your time. Well, there it is. We have fun answering your questions. I hope you have fun listening to our <laughs> answers to your questions. Uh, all right. We would like to thank the good folks at Atranet, building B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 20 years. Check out A-T-R-E dot N-E-T. Want to close more sales? Use a new strategy to proactive relationship management by harboring the power of machine learning and AI to close more business with Spiro.ai. That's S-P-I-R-O dot A-I. My friends at themission.org want to help you produce legendary podcasts. Mission's creative studio works with companies to create custom podcasts, sponsorships, original content, and much more. Check out mission.org. And speaking of podcasts, we exclusively use for our remote distance uh, episodes where we have a guest on squadcast.fm. Check them out. Squadcast.fm for <laughs> if you're going to have a podcast. Also, learn how to talk and use squadcast.fm. Today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes, and clearly, the creators of this podcast have been consuming libations. Remember, Tom Waits was right. Listen to KD Lang. We are, of course, produced by Jason DeFilippo. Jamie J and Sarah Knox do technical legendary shit around here, including Lockhead.com. Show notes by Diane Gervasio. Candy Dandy keeps the, the trains running on time. Send us your questions. Black hole at Lockhead.com. Black hole at Lockhead.com. And again, uh, join us on our Facebook group Fridays during the pod storm at 1130 PT. Uh, and the sage words I'll leave you with today come from ACDC, who said it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. That's it. Thank you so much for the gift of your time. I sure hope you're safe and healthy. Stay legendary. And until we're together again, follow your different. <laughs>